right, guys, we are back with our teaching again in the book of Revelation. The last time we were here, we were dealing with the trumpet judgments. To be more specific, they were the fifth and the sixth trumpet judgments. Now, the fifth trumpet judgment dealt with an invasion of demons, how and as well as the sixth trumpet judgment was an invasion of demons. Both of them were. However, there was a distinction in the two. In the fifth trumpet judgments, that particular demon invasion was allowed to torment mankind for five months with their sting, and the severity of the sting was to such a degree that men would desire to die. However, in that judgment, God would not prevent mankind to die for those five months. That means no matter what a person did to themselves, they would be unable to kill themselves during that particular time, that is, for the five months, the duration of the effect of the sting bite of that particular demon. Now, in the sixth trumpet, it seems to be an answer in a sense, an answering back from God in men desiring to die in this particular demon invasion, they actually killed mankind. And as you recalled in the earlier judgment, in the earlier sealed judgments, we know that 25% of the human race had already died. And in the sixth trumpet judgment, a further one-third of the remaining human population is killed by this second demon invasion. And that pretty much ended the trumpet judgment. And the idea of it, of these trumpet judgments, is there is an increasing in the severity of the judgments that God is bringing upon the world at this time. Now, with the end of the sixth trumpet judgments of chapter 9, the natural expectation would be the seventh trumpet. And that is what's going to happen next, but not next as far as the text is concerning. As we move into chapter 10 of Revelation, we now have, it's almost like an interlude or the idea is a pause in the events as we prepare for the seventh trumpet, okay? And so with all of that being said, Let's go into chapter 10 and discuss those short, it's, it's very short chapter. And we'll discuss the events in chapter 10 that's going to prepare us for the seventh trumpet. Because we know within the seventh trumpet will be the seven vile or bold judgments of God. And these seven bold judgments of God will bring the end of all of God's judgments, okay? But before we get into all of that, let's just simply go into chapter 10 and see what's going on with this glorious angel that is going to appear here. I saw another strong angel coming down out of heaven, clothed with the cloud, and the rainbow was upon his head, and his face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book, which was open. He placed his right foot on the sea and his left on the land. And he cried out with a loud voice as when a lion roars. And when he had cried out, 
the seven peals of thunder uttered their voices. So now, as we just said earlier, we are entered into like a pause. And the reason that we have this pause is to introduce further dramatic events to John as he, as John himself will receive further revelation from God. Now, this continued revelation that John is receiving is a revelation of continued judgments that will come upon the world. And this judgment, or should I say, these judgments are being indicated through what the angel is holding, this strong angel, as a little book. And these continuing judgments we will see later on will simply unfold in what we call the bold judgments, the seven bold judgments, which will themselves be the final judgment from God. Okay. But nevertheless, verses one through three talks about this strong angel. He is a strong and glorious type of a figure. Now, some have associated this angel with the person of Jesus, but the person of Jesus thus far is still being continued as the lamb who takes the seven seal scroll from the hand of God. So this angel that we see, this strong angel is bearing the glory of God. What I mean by bearing the glory of God, that's why we see him being clothed with the cloud and the similarities of the rainbow being over his head. So it indicates the glory of this angelic creature as he bears the glory of God and brings about the announcement for the final judgment. Okay, so this is not Messiah. This is not God. This is simply a glorious angel bearing the final judgments of God. And that's what is meant by the angel who is in verse number two the holding of this little book that is in his hand. And notice that the little book that he is holding is open. That means the revelation that John is being given is open and readily available for all of us to see. So the, so the point of the revelation that God is, it, God is saying here is this, what God is revealing in this little book, he will disclose this openly in John's further revelation. So that's all it is. The little book is just further revelation from God to John that he is disclosing to us all publicly. That's why it's open. Okay. And we see the angel standing with as a huge figure. It seemed that's the picture that it seemed given because he's standing with his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. Again, this simply magnifies the glory of this angelic creature. And also it seems to indicate that whatever domain, that uh, domain, the, the idea is dominion, that God has given this angel to exercise. And I think this is being seen in the little book that he's holding, the judgments that will come upon the world. But the point of the feet being on the sea and on the land is the exercise of this dominion over all mankind. And so that is over the earth. And it kind of goes along with everything that we've been seeing thus far. So now, for the most part, we see John 
as far as the vision is concerned, being moved out of the heavens. And now the concentration is upon this glorious angelic figure who is standing upon the earth. Okay. And so once he did that, the angel cries out with a loud voice and notice that the voice of a lion. Again, all of these descriptors are basically uh, giving credence to the glory of this angelic creature. And that's all it's saying. And so at the cry of the angels, we heard, and there is that definite article, the seven voices, which means that these are seven uh, specific voices that we hear uttering their sounds. And it, seem, and it seems to suggest the sounds coming from heaven, namely the throne of God. Okay. When the seven peals of, of thunder had spoken, I was about to write and I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up the things which the seven peals of thunder have spoken and do not write them. Then the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land lifted up his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things in it and the earth and the things in it and the sea and the things in it, that there will be delay no longer, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, then the mystery of God is finished as he preached to his servants, the prophets. Okay, so remember now we had the seven thunders uttered a sound and whatever the the sound that, that John heard was an audible message that John clearly understood. And so John assumed that this message that he heard was in, it was intended by God for him to record this message. However, God interrupted him. And so notice it said in verse number four, when he heard the sound and he was about to write, he heard uh, an instruction that a commandment seal up the thing. That means John was prevented from writing whatever the message was that he heard. He was told not to write that message in the book that we now have, the book of Revelation. And it will serve us no purpose to try to speculate as to what the content of that message is because John was told to not write it, seal it up. So therefore, don't even try to speculate what the voice has said to John. Just simply accept the fact that this will not be revealed unto us probably until the great day. But nevertheless, once that happened, the angel then took an oath and the oath had to do with the finalizing of the final trumpet and the judgments that are involved. And when I say the final, remember, we've already dealt with all six trumpet judgments. There is only one, the seventh trumpet that remains. So as the angel prepared for the time when the seventh angel, which is a different one from this one, okay? seventh angel to sound the seventh trumpet, he took an oath because of the severity of the judgments that will come in the seventh trumpet. Because remember, in the seventh trumpet are the seven bold judgments. 
And as we move from judgment to judgment, the severity of these judgments become worse and worse. And even if you can remember, it was at the end of the, what was the fifth trumpet? At the beginning of the fifth trumpet, right at the fifth trumpet judgments, we had the woe, 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 indicating the fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpet judgments. These were the great woe by this eagle flying into heaven. And remember the whole reason for the woe is because things are going to get incredibly worse. And the point that we made earlier was, if you thought things couldn't get worse, it, it was incredible to find out. That's what the demon invasions were all about the fifth and the sixth trumpet. It was incredible to see things actually got worse. And the idea here is with the seventh trumpet, it will be even worse because the seventh trumpets are the seven bold judgments. So the way you must understand it is the seven bold judgments that we'll talk about. And basically that will not actually uh, come into discussion in Revelation until chapter 16. But nevertheless, the seven bold judgments themselves will be the absolute worst judgments of all. And it will be those judgments that will almost lend itself to the destruction of mankind. And again, that's why Jesus said, if these things had not been cut short, no one could possibly survive the judgments, okay? But nevertheless, going back to the angel who, as he considers the seventh trumpet, which is about to sound, knowing the judgments that will follow in the bold judgments, he takes an oath. And that's what's going on in verse number six, swearing by God. God who created the heaven and the earth and the things that are in it and the things that are in the sea by the creator them himself. So you can swear by nothing greater than God himself. And so he says, verse number seven, concentrating on that last seventh trumpet. Notice what he said at the voice of the seventh angel. When the seventh angel blows the seventh trumpet, beginning the bold judgments, he says that the mystery of God will be finished. And by, the, by mystery, what he simply means is this. All the things that are spoken, as he continued on to say, preached by the prophets. That includes Old Testament prophets as well as New Testament prophets. The things that God had spoken concerning the judgments that he would bring. Remember, we talked about the day of the Lord which speaks of the great tribulation. This is what we're talking about now. And this is exactly where we are now. So all the things that the prophets spoke concerning the judgments of God that would result, that would end in the coming of the Messiah and the bringing in of the messianic kingdom. We'll see that in Revelation chapter 20. So at the finalization of the seventh angel, that's when the prophecy of all of these things would be complete and we will have the kingdom of the Messiah. All the scriptures would be done, will be completed, okay? Then the voice which I heard again speaking to me from heaven, I heard again speaking to me 
saying, go take the book, which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel telling him to give me the little book. And he said to me, take it and eat it. It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth, it will be sweet as honey. I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. And in my mouth, it was sweet as honey. And when I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. And they said to me, you must prophesy again concerning many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Okay. And so as the angel was standing up, making his vow unto the Lord, a voice came to John telling him to go and take that little book, which was most likely in the left hand of the angel, since his right hand was lifted up. But take the little book. And the idea of the little book simply is the continuation of the judgments that God has revealed. Take it from the angel and to eat that book. And so by John eating it, and we'll see such ideas talked about in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 15, when Jeremiah had to eat the eat of the word of God. The same uh, idea we'll see in Ezekiel chapter three, when Ezekiel had to eat the word of God. And by this, it means literally as far as the vision is concerned, John ate the little book that was in the hand of the glorious angel but it means to consume the word of God, to make the word of God a part of him so that John could properly regurgitate the word of God. And by regurgitating the word of God, we simply means, notice at the very end in verse number 11, you must prophesy again. So you eat the book in order to, that the book may be a part of you so that you may speak the words of this book, okay? And so the word of God always, because of what it is, that is, it is the word of God, is sweet to those who consume it. And so therefore the angel let him know that this book would be sweet to his mouth, but it would be bitter to his belly. So it's sweet because it's the word of God, but it's bitter to John's belly because of the judgments contained in the book. So the, and the judgments we will find out later on, as we've already said, will be when the seventh angel blows the seventh trumpet, the judgments of the little book will be the bold judgments. And these are the severest judgments that God will bring on the world. It will bring the world to its knees, especially as we look at the final ones, okay? And so John was simply told that he must continue to prophesy unto the rest of the world. And that's how we basically end chapter 10. Now join me back next time as we talk about chapter 11 and we get into two mysterious people called to two witnesses who will be living during the times of the tribulation. We will discuss who they are and what their specific ministry will be and the effect of the thing of what there's something going to happen to these guys and it's going to have a dramatic effect 
on the remaining Jewish people in the world. So join me as we talk about the two witnesses, chapter 11. And I'll catch you next time. Have you subscribed yet? What are you waiting for? Subscribe now.